Random Pages Audio presents The Whisper Man, written by Alex North. I've been looking for you for so long. Pete got out of the car and made his way into the hospital, then took the elevator down to the basement where the city's pathology unit was based. One wall of the elevator was mirrored, though and he looked fine, calm even. The pieces within might be broken, but from the outside it was like a carefully wrapped present that would only rattle if you shook it. He couldn't remember ever feeling this apprehensive. He'd been searching for Tony Smith for 20 years. On some level, he wondered if the boy's absence had even sustained him, if it had given him a sense of purpose and a reason to continue, albeit one that had always been kept occluded in the background of his thoughts. Regardless, however much he had tried not to think about it, the case had never been closed for him, so he had to be present when it was. He hated the autopsy suits in here, and always had. The smell of antiseptic never quite masked the underlying stench, and the harsh light and polished metallic surfaces only served to emphasize the mottled bodies on display. Death was tangible here, laid out and made prosaic. These rooms were about weights and angles, and clipboards scribbled with spare details of chemistry and biology, all of it so cold and clinical. Every time he visited, he realized that the most important parts of a human life, the emotions, the character, the experiences, were conspicuous by their absence. The pathologist, Chris Dale, walked Pete over to a gurney at the far side of the suit. As he followed the man, Pete felt light and faint, and had to fight the urge to turn around. Here's our boy, Dale spoke quietly. He was famed throughout the department for his brusque and dismissive manner, when it came to dealing with the police, saving his respect for those he always referred to as his patients. Our boy. The way Dale said it made it clear that the remains were now under his protection, that the indignities they'd been subjected to were over, and that they would be looked after now. Our boy, Pete thought. The bones were laid out in the shape of a small child, but age had separated many of them, and not a scrap of flesh remained. Pete had seen a number of his skeletons over the years. In some ways, they were easier to look at than more recently deceased victims, who looked like human beings, but in their eerie stillness, somehow not. A skeleton was so far removed from everyday experience that it could be viewed more 
dispassionately. And yet the reality always hit home. The fact that people die and after a short amount of time only objects remain, the bones little more than a scattering of possessions abandoned where they fall. We've yet to do a full post-mortem, Dale said. That's scheduled for later. What I can tell you in the meantime is that these are the remains of a male child who was around six years of age at the time of his death. I can't even guess at the cause of death for the moment, and we might never know, but he's been deceased for some time. Twenty years? Possibly, Dale hesitated. Knowing what Pete was asking, then gestured at a second gurney beside them. We also have these additional items, which were recovered from the scene. There's the box itself, of course. The remains were brought here in it to help preserve them. The clothes were underneath the bones. Pete took a step closer. The clothes were old and matted with cobwebs, but Dale and his team had extracted them carefully and they rested now in the same intact, neatly folded pile they had been stored in. He didn't need to move them to see what they were. Blue jogging pants, little black polo shirts, 